As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Monday, December 27th. A uh, happy Christmas after to everyone and happy new year in front of us. Hope you all had a lovely, happy, healthy weekend uh, of Christmas and now are looking forward to not only the turning of the calendar over to 2022, but championship week in the fantasy football world. I am Michael Beller. I am joined, as always, by Jake Seeley. Jake, how was your holiday weekend, and are you in any championships? Uh, holiday weekend was great. Season sweepings, everybody, or that's <laughs> actually coming back soon. Is What is that, the 29th or the 30th? Doesn't It comes back before the end of the year, right? Cobra Kai? Oh, you guys know that? You guys I've know. never seen it. No, I thought never, it was. I thought awful. it was early January. But if you're right, I'm excited, Jake. Oh, so that, means that, that means either way, it's it's coming oh. back very soon. No, I got basically eliminated. Like every single, like I think what I went over four of advancing to the championship games. <laughs> the worst one was the home league, where I mean, this is. I'm glad we're talking about this today. Beller is kind of the theme of this show, but I should have sat. Saquon Barkley, Cordero Patterson, and Deontay Johnson. And I should have started Amon Ryan, St. Brown, who else? Uh, Rashad Penny, and there was one other play. I mean, that's, you know, nobody really ever goes that far. The only one I really thought about benching was Saquon Barkley, but, I mean, that's that's 2021, man, isn't it, in a nutshell? Jake, it we is. had a long discussion about who we would start Amon Ross St. Brown over in week <laughs> in week sixteen last yeah, and week. Ago, right here. I, and I don't know. We might have to we might have to go and do an accounting of who you actually did start over Amon Ross St. Brown because you might have went against your own advice. No, 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 because my voice at the time was if Jared Goff was oh, at quarterback. Right. I dropped St. Brown into the 30s because of Tim Boyle. I've seen Tim Boyle play before. I was not expecting (laughs) that. I had St. Brown way too low. But, yes, that's that's what the life is of that. So who else was it? Oh, I should have trusted Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's not that big of a deal. Whatever. Yeah, yeah that happens. For the first time in seven weeks. First time in a while. That's part of the reason why one of my teams is not playing is because uh, Mari Cooper a little too little too late after I was eliminated. Brandon Funston, uh, you heard his voice already. He's here also. Funston, good Christmas. And are you in any championships? 
I am not uh, miserable. Um, it was snowpocalypse here, as you saw with the Seattle Seahawks game. Oh, yeah, game. Bears. Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and I was got dri- the freaking AC on. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> There's snow everywhere. I was driving in it for much of uh, like four hours of it yesterday. So, yeah, but I'm a little bit bitter, a little bit grumpy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, here I am. I made it. Oh, man, no championships for any of us. I was uh, My fantasy season actually ended entirely in week 15. I was knocked out of whatever playoffs I was in. I had the Cardinals in my survivor pool against the Lions. That obviously uh, ended unceremoniously for me. I play in a different sort of like a fantasy survivor pool where we pick one QB, one running back, one receiver, uh, and you can only use each player once and the low scores cut. I, uh, two weeks ago, I lost uh, on the Cardinals against the Lions. Oh, yeah. yeah if you would have. Would you have taken the Chargers? Because that pro. Could you imagine I, making it I all the way to sixteen? No, and I, had the, I had the Eagles. The yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I had the Eagles lined up for this uh, for this week. I was all ready to take them. So uh, so yeah. You my were playing ahead. Had, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, once it got to like week thirteen or so, I just like mapped out a little bit of if everything remains generally status quo. Here's what I'll do. Because you know you've got you've got teams like yeah right you've got teams like the Cardinals for example who had a couple of usable spots or at least I thought they did no (laughs) no no, I wanted to know people who try to do that like in week four and they're like well I'm gonna save (laughs) save this team for week fourteen I'm like dude like how much changes like like like, how about just make it to week eight before you start thinking about week (laughs) fourteen yeah yeah for sure yeah I definitely if I get it like I said like week thirteen week fourteen then I'll just think about the next couple of weeks but no you can't do it way early in the season Uh, because things crazy things happen crazy things happen whether it's survivor whether it's fantasy whether it's just straight up regular NFL we know that and we saw that in week sixteen as you said Jake that's going to be the theme of this episode here Uh, we are obviously catering to the championship bound fantasy manager because who else would we be catering to going into week seven so what we're going to do, a little bit different of a style of a show for this episode, we are going to take a look back at the players who were great in Week 16 and the players who were maybe surprising duds for the great players. We're going to say, can you count on them? For example, Saquon Barkley on the dud side. Can you count on the great players to be great again in Week 17? Can you still be starting them with confidence? Can you rely on the dud players to bounce back in Week 17? Or maybe do you need to take what you saw in Week 16 and apply it at face value and perhaps look in another direction. So that's what we're going to do on this episode. We'll get through as many players as we can over the next 40 minutes or so. So let's just jump right in, guys. I'm going to start with the good players, and we're going to start with the quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, how about this, you guys? We've been waiting for this all season. We've been waiting for this sort of volume for Joe Burrow all season, and he comes through with a monster performance for the Bengals against the Ravens, the first-place Cincinnati Bengals, 525 yards Four touchdowns, he gets the Chargers, or excuse me, the Chiefs in Week 17 in what could also be a really fun fantasy and real-life game. Jake, Joe Burrow, your confidence level for him in Week 17 matchups. <laughs> Not going to be a little bit too much recency bias. I was really excited for Joe Burrow, honestly. I had him in a ton of DFS spots this past week. It was one of my favorite locks. Uh, and that's not the same this week. I'm not going to confidence level if you gave me on a 1 to 10 scale six maybe he could get me to seven because he's a Joe Burrow but we have to be honest about the games heading into this he was one of my favorite trade away candidates because of the schedule and before this game had one good game in five and you look at some of the opponents you mentioned the Chargers that was one of the games that he didn't do great against the Chargers should have had a better game I think San Francisco was the only one that he even topped 20 and then outside of that had some single digit performances look I'm not benching Joe Burrow just for any Joe Schmo Schmo Joe Schmo off the <laughs> waiver wire but I'd be a little bit concerned the Chiefs defense has been playing a lot better than the second half of the season it has mm-hmm. been 
a less, less vulnerable pass defense. So I'm probably starting him. But, you know, if he was my fill-in, if Lamar Jackson's coming back, I would go back to Lamar Jackson. And, you know, depending on what your options are, I don't know that you have a ton, but he's going to be on the low end of the QB1 conversation even coming off that game. Yeah, I think I'll be pretty confidently at the, you know, probably in the 7 to 10 range with Joe Burrow. I mean, you, I guess you can cut stats however Wait, you want. rankings or your confidence level? No, uh, rankings. In, mm-hmm. in, okay, in, I was going to say, that's yeah. a big confidence range. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going to go 7 <laughs> to a 10. So, like. uh, I'll say 7.5 to 8 on the confidence level. How's that? Okay. Um, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you can look at – so he's – his completion rate's been awesome. He's he's over 300 yards mm-hmm. in three of his last four. Um, the matchups, Kansas City. Beller, you always know this. What's the opening line on this game? Like, what's the uh, what's yeah, the over under? Is there going to be a higher over under across the league in Week 17 than this game? I already want them to flex this to Monday night instead of the crap we get on Monday night. <laughs> What is Cleveland Pittsburgh? Oh yeah, Cleveland Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's God. not crap for all of us. Some of us have Pittsburgh Steelers last place in the AFC North bets from uh, August that they oh. really need the Browns to win. <laughs> what kind really, of bet really don't you have the Browns going to here? Win. I was going to say like, it Bengal, count when you uh, Chief, Chiefs minus four and a half, forty nine is the total at BetMGM right now. I bet you that gets into the fifties before the end of the week. So it um, is. It is not the highest total. The highest total is see, that's Card- what I was Cardinals about to say. Cowboys at fifty. Doesn't that tell you a little bit that Vegas is already not at fifty? Mm-hmm. I mean, that you're saying fifty is because of the betting public, not because of Vegas. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is like, it, I, I don't know. Does a matchup? Does a matchup is. extremely? I mean, is it extremely scary? Not necessarily. Is Joe Burrow? No, like, no, no. If you've been riding Joe I think Burrow, it's like, like, yeah, I just I think feel it's like, like Jake you're said, com- like if you've got Lamar coming back, you're Dude, maybe playing. But that's Lamar why, over him. like the Ravens were rolling me out at corner this past week. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> would you play Lamar Jackson coming back off the street after what three weeks? I would off play Burrow. Against, I would still the play Burrow, but I'm saying I, I think it has to be that level of player. Oh, yeah, that's right. Baltimore's got the Rams. Burrow. That's yeah. yeah that's I, I forget they get the Rams, but mm-hmm. okay. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of like who else might be in the conversation that you could have. Yeah, That's the I, problem is like, yeah. Justin Herbert didn't have a great bait. I would play Justin Herbert, but I mean, not, not a lot of people have that conversation to have. You know, yeah. here, here's and one. I'll ask you this, Funston. If you got Burrow somewhere, this is one where people waited on quarterbacks and might have taken two, and I've seen some of these teams. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, that that group of guys. Mm-hmm. Let's throw Dak's stat line up here, too, because he was someone who we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And Dak's got Would Arizona. Dak Dak's got Russ? Arizona, yeah. Uh, Russ yes. has got Detroit. I know. I know. Russ had Chicago <laughs> last week, too. Um, that yeah. was also snow. Yeah. It's, I know. It's, you know, you know, supposedly Russ has those big hands. He's, he, you know, he handled it at Wisconsin. <laughs> He's supposed to be able to handle it a random snow game in Seattle. Uh, yeah. I probably, honestly, those guys might go pretty close to back-to-back-to-back to back to back in my rankings. But I think in yeah. the end, I would probably go Joe Burrow. Dak Prescott, the 330 yards, four touchdowns, just eviscerating the Washington football team in the first half. It could have been 506 if the Cowboys needed it to be. Obviously, they didn't need it to be that game well in hand by the end of the first quarter, let alone the end of the first half. Uh, All is well with Dak Funston after what we saw here? Uh, I mean, I... You know, I'm not going to – my confidence level is probably not quite as high as it is with Burrow, but, I mean, you look at – you look at Dallas, I mean, he's averaging right around 40 pass attempts. I was looking it up, right around 40 pass attempts for the past six games. So the volume's there. The playmakers mm-hmm. are there. The matchup is, isn't is like, isn't a, a death knell matchup. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident. If, I, if I'm 7-5 to five to 8 on Joe Burrow, I'm probably 7 on Dak Prescott. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I would. St- I would actually, even with the matchup, I would play Joe Burrow over Dak, uh, mostly because he was one touchdown away from equating to like the five games of touchdowns mm-hmm. before that. He had a zero, one, 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 and a two in the games before this. So it's just, yeah, sure, the yards, or I say, you should say the attempts have been there. The yards haven't even been there because it's been mid, low 200s. Yep. So, yeah, it looked great for one game. I jokingly said, congratulations for the Constellation teams if you have Dak Prescott. And the surprising amount of people still had him in like actual playoff games uh-huh. and still played him. So I wouldn't say you bench him against Arizona, but I would play Joe Burrow over him. And I would, whew, that, I, I would go back and forth for a while, Russell Wilson versus Dak Prescott. I don't think one game is enough to make me say everything's fixed with Dak Prescott. I would probably go Dak because of the ceiling Mm. versus Russ, but I think it's closer than people might just assume. And I'll just chime in. Like, the ceiling with Dak is, I mean, he doesn't run anymore. Yesterday he had 21 rushing yards. That was the second highest of the season. Second highest of the season. Yeah, one rushing touchdown. This was a guy that, like, his first three years, I think he had six rushing touchdowns each of those seasons. So, like, that – that just lowers that ceiling that you know we thought we we had with Dak. So yeah, um, let's take a look at some running backs, you guys. Uh, let's start with Justin Jackson on this one. Obviously, he did his best Austin mm-hmm. Eckler impression in place of Austin Eckler in the Chargers' shocking loss to the Houston Texans. Sixty-four yards on the ground, two touchdowns, ninety-eight yards, and eight catches through the air. The Chargers get the Broncos in Week Seventeen. Eckler probably clears COVID protocol and is back in week 17, but we saw Justin Jackson in a shared role in week 15 when Eckler was dealing with that ankle injury play pretty well. He's not going to have the backfield to himself to the tune of 19 touches, Jake, but do you think there's enough here with Eckler coming off the ankle, coming off COVID for Jackson to be maybe a flex consideration? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk it. Uh, you know, even that game before that where Josh Kelly was involved until he fumbled. Uh, still, that was three options, and that was Eckler not being 100%. Obviously, mm-hmm. if we get all the way through Friday and Eckler is still limited on Friday, then you know what? You might get me into the flex conversation because they'll say, all right, we're not just going to go right back to Eckler getting his normal workload, which has never really been 85%. It's yeah. just if he's going to monopolize the backfield against Denver – at home, and you know they're thinking playoff life on the line. You know, yeah. like they just—I I know Jackson did what he just did, but we've seen these teams before. How many times have we had that conversation where I said you like go down the list of the David Montgomerys and the Edwards Alaires, and we did it time and time and time again, mm-hmm. where the lead did well. Dalvin Cook, the guy comes back, and they go right back to the workload that they had always seen and they always trust. So again, we already saw what the best case scenario of that split I think could be before this game two weeks ago. I just don't think I would have risked Jackson. It's a very simple for me. Austin Eckler plays, you play him, nobody else. He's out, you play Justin Jackson, nobody else. Mm. Yeah. Nothing to add. I mean, it's not the Jets that they're playing. You know, you can't right. get cute with like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, the, the second running back on teams always does well against the Jets as well. You know, it's like, no, this is <laughs> it's a good matchup, and there's no reason to think that Austin Eckler won't just. Well, and to that point. Fonston, we might, we were usually say, well, you can probably trust the second running back against Houston until Houston finds <laughs> right, a way to beat you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you know who is playing the Jets in Week 17 is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's talk about Ronald Jones for a second here. 20 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Caught two passes for 16 yards. Week 17 gets the Jets. We'll be watching uh, the way that this team's injury reports go because obviously we know all those injuries they suffered a week ago. Things could change for them coming into this Week 17 matchup. But Funston, Ronald Jones, you feeling all right about him in this Week 17 game with the Jets? 
Yeah, this was like, you know, this is what Bruce Arian said. Ronald Jones needs to, you know, step up like Leonard Fournette did last year. And this is kind of like a even when Leonard Fournette was bad, it was 65 yards and a touchdown, you know. And yep. uh, maybe he's not getting the, the pass volume that Leonard Fournette does. I, so, I, yeah, Ronald Jones, absolutely. Against the Jets, there's just no question. The question is, are you in a 16-team league? Are you getting cute and chasing Keyshawn Vaughn because – because yeah. there is a second running back, as we mentioned, with the Jets is always kind of in play. And Keyshawn Vaughn, could he get to 10 touches in this game? Could it be a touchdown? Yeah. Could it be another 70 yards? Yeah, I think it could be. Yeah. So Showed us he can rip off 55-yard touchdowns yeah, exactly. in week 16. Honestly, <laughs> if, you're, if you're telling me like Rex Burkhead against San Francisco or the or Keyshawn Vaughn in a backup role against the yeah. Jets, Oh, that's that's a tough one Wait, for me. I might Jake uh, Jake take let's, that let's, and run let's, with let's it because we want to talk about Rex Burkhead too. <laughs> Twenty two carries, one hundred forty nine yards, and a pair of touchdowns in Houston's win over the Chargers. Where does he rank for you? I guess verse, versus someone like Keyshawn Vaughn, and just generally where you're going to be looking at Rex Burkhead in Week Seventeen. So if anybody is a South Park fan and knows the episode of Scott Temperton must die and yeah. the end where Cartman is licking his tears, yep. I'm going to be licking the tears of everybody who lost their championship next week if they put Rex Burkhead yep. in their lineup. Because Are you going to get Radiohead in there to watch you do that? <laughs> yes. <Make> him- <laughs> yes. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes, I do. I didn't want to go with how dark that episode got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But-, <laughs> but that part is a little lighter. <laughs> that, is, that is a very heavy po- Holy yeah. crap. Anyway. But yes, uh, no, there's no way... I I'm starting Rex Burkhead. Uh, Meany and I did of how far down the list will we push Saquon uh-huh. Barkley, and I skipped right past. It. Like, there's no way you're benching Saquon Barkley for Rex Burkhead because there's no way you're turning to Rex Burkhead because one game does not wash away the misery of this backfield for weeks <laughs> on end. And as Funston mm-hmm. mentioned, because they're facing San Francisco now, where you said I would go Vaughn. I don't know. I, I might just say, you know what, the volume, maybe Burkhead falls into the end zone. But that's the point is where I'll at least agree with you is we're having the conversation of Vaughn backup running back versus yeah. Burkhead lead running back. Yeah, and I didn't say that I would for sure. I, just, I, 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 had, I hemmed and hawed a little bit, um, and I'm not sure where I'd lie on that. But that's, that's exactly the point. It's the conversation is legit on those two right now. So great. I mean, this is just, we get into this every year, but I I don't know, like Rex Burkhead and Keyshawn Vaughn, like this is 2021 totally wrapped up. Chase Edmonds, you guys took advantage of the James Conner absence in week 16 in a big way. 16 carries, 56 yards, one touchdown, eight catches for 71 yards. Arizona and Dallas should be a fun game next week. Maybe James Conner is able to return for the Cardinals in this one. And the car, I mean, they're in the playoffs, but they are a reeling team that can maybe get a feel good about ourselves or could use a feel good about ourselves sort of win uh, against the Cowboys in Dallas. Where are we feeling about Chase Edmonds going into week 17, Funston? Um, yeah, it's all dependent on Connor. I, th- I think what will happen is we will see Chase Edmonds kind of revert back to what he was at the beginning of the year, and I, I, which is he'll be you know more of the receiving down back and, and get some carries. But like I'm imagining ranking him if James Connors is pl- is playing is somewhere in that low RB three range, so somewhere in the twenty five for Edmonds. Yeah, I mean if Connors playing, wow, if Connors playing, I'm. I'm going the opposite. You're gonna. I'm going with. I would have. I had Edmonds in front of Connor this week. Oh, so did I. Because, yeah, but I'm. A, I'm doing the exact same thing next week. Is because of the matchup. I'm going to go for the pass catcher and what I think should be a more up-paced game, and they need to be more aggressive. And the fact that Connor, even if he plays, I don't know what his health is. You, hey, I'll admit, 
for the longest time, you were right. You kept saying Connor's going to get the <laughs> touchdown. You're like, but I think going into this game, I would just unless something different happens and we get different news towards the end of the week, I'm yeah. I think I'm still going to have Emmons over Connor this week. And for the person asking, no, that is the Nevada Wolfpack. I am scouting. I'm trying to scout and do the show. I'm scouting Carson Strong at the same time as doing the show, so I don't this have guy. to do extra work after the show. Well, See, I, this guy just doesn't rest. This guy doesn't rest, and that's why you love Jake Seeley. <laughs> Honestly, don't think uh, I was just going to say I don't I don't think Connor was ever really that close to playing. And I, I think what we'll find out uh-huh. this week is that he'll still bothering. So so I'm not saying I won't start Chase Edmonds or eventually move him into the RB2 equation. But if he was really if, if, if I'm wrong and he was really that close to playing last week and he's 100 percent then I'm going to move Connor ahead of Edmonds. Arizona's got to feel like they have to win out to win that division now, right? I mean, they, yeah. they could win it without winning out, but you can't have that mentality if you're them. You have to assume you need to win out to win the division. And suddenly, I mean, they've been looking all season like maybe we're getting the bye. At the very least, we're getting a home game Are they, against can they, can the they 49ers get bounced? or something. They're not automatically in, right? No, no, no. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they've clinched. Have they, they clinched? clinched the playoff spot okay. by virtue of... Minnesota's loss? Just having a they hard clinched, time remembering though. the last time they won yeah. a game. I'm Ron, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm Ron Bur- Minnesota's loss. Yeah, I mean, if they, uh, but if they went out. They have clinched. I don't know. what it Did Did they split with the Rams? They split they, with the Rams, yes. Right. They won uh, okay, so then it comes down to conference, which they're losing. So they would have to win out, and the Rams would have to lose both. Yeah. No, come, you mean division, not conference. Yeah. No, no, but it would come down to the conference record. Because the division would end up being the same at that point. The division record would be tied also. I'm, I'm predicting out there. I think they're I think they're com- their division record because the Rams are three and two. Oh no, uh-huh. so if they lost I was going the backwards way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So yeah, they would yeah. lose on that first. Yeah. Either way they lose it. So but Either the way, point is yeah. Cardinals have to win out and the Rams. Cardinals have to, have to win out. So maybe they maybe they would th- if if they think that we are a a like markedly better team with James Conner, maybe they end up pushing James Conner is just where I'm getting with this because I mean you it's way different. You you're the three seed or whatever, you play San Francisco at home in the first round rather than being the five seed and going to Tampa or something like that, going to the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. Well, like, it could look a whole betting, lot different for them. Beller, this is why you don't parlay conference winners. <laughs> I just—it was a free ten-dollar bet, everybody. <laughs> just to be clear, free ten-dollar bet. I did six of the eight divisions. The only one I'm going to miss is the NFC West. I got the other five right. Well, oh, that, yeah. that makes sense. And I did too. it because I did it did because you do, did I was you pick like Arizona. No, I went plus money on the heavier. I went with Seattle. Just and I didn't think uh, Seattle gross. could, but I wanted to. I was, it was a free bet, and I really pushed the odds up with that isn't, one. Isn't that trying one to I predict from, six division winners before the season starts pushing the odds enough? Yeah, I mean, exactly. honestly, and I know, but I was looking at the payout. I mean, I, it was Tampa Bay, Green Bay, um, yeah. Kansas City, the who was the oh, Dallas, and then uh-huh. there was one other. Oh, I, I mean, Tennessee, but they're still up in the air. Dallas but at the sh- start of the like season should, was was plus. Dallas I know, they looking, were, but yeah. I told you I was looking for the biggest payout. It was a free $10 bet. <laughs> All right. What well, can you know I what? say? I mean, that's... that's they, Five hey, out of six hey, feels pretty good anyway. Feels really but good. this is why feels you don't really do it. Good. Yeah, that's why, and that's why maybe you just take the Rams next year. I'm thinking of the Rams. Sony <laughs> Michelle, 27 carries, 131 yards and a touchdown. Looks like maybe he's the guy more so than Daryl Henderson is the yes. guy. I mean... I mean, is this is this as easy as it seems, Jake, with the Rams against the Ravens next week and Sony Michelle? It is because Sean McVay is Mike Tomlin, and the fact of like as much as he talked up the split, if you know the concern was coming back is that is he going to go right back to Henderson? Not so much the split. He likes his bell cow. He likes to trust one running back. The other person gets sprinkled in, but that was even before Henderson got hurt. Now Henderson's also questionable. 
if Henderson plays, he's still the backup. If Henderson's out, even if they activate Akers, there is no way on earth they're giving Akers the lead. <laughs> they're hoping he's okay for the playoffs. They are yeah. not going to risk his life in a Week 17 game. So, yes, yeah. it is Michelle, as long as Michelle can stay healthy. Once the change was made, that was the biggest conversation we were having two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Was that was the one game or the two, you know, one and a half games, he looked pretty good in the one game. But was that enough to usurp Henderson? And it was. So yeah. he is a, definitively the guy. So then the question is, it's Baltimore. It's not only one running back's gone over 71 yards against them. Only Well, that's why you only trust one running back. Yeah, so that's – no, I'm not saying – yeah, so we trusted Sonny Michelle, but how much do we trust Sonny Michelle? I'm I'm probably thinking he's the very – yeah, the very back end of the RB2 class. Going to be – where, where I've sort of had him the last few weeks, which has been 20 – Too low. <laughs> yeah, too low. Yeah. 21 to 24, <laughs> something like that. Um, Devin Singletary, I think, could factor in there, guys. And this is going to be the last running back we talk about. It wasn't necessarily the prettiest game, but he did give you, uh, what, 78 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Touched the ball 17 times. Bills get a very friendly, soft matchup at home against Atlanta in Week 17. I mean, Devin Singletary, maybe he's just an RB2, Funston, but are you thinking twice about starting him, or is he just pretty much automatically in there? Well, so here's the huge thing. As I looked it up, he's averaging 61 snaps over the last three games. You have to go all the way back to week one before he's had more snaps than he's had in any of the last three games. So they are leaning on him now. He's getting reliable volume in the passing game now, which is huge with Josh Allen. I mean, because you know they're going to want to throw the ball, so you need to have your running back be a part of that. And he's he's a part of that, and it's Atlanta. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're talking RB2, and you're feeling good about it. I mean, I, look at the volume is what we talk about. The snaps is huge in the backfield. We, we've been kind of annoyed about that the whole year. But 61 snaps, three. I mean, average over three games. Jake, what's your what's your what's your name? What's my sigh for? Mm-hmm. What's my sigh? Yeah, for? what's your sigh for here? Because my sigh is is Zach Moss active? Because the one thing he didn't get in the Zach Moss monopolized was the goal to go carries. That's that's my side. Like he'll be an RB two for me. It's just I would feel the confidence level. I would feel a lot better. I'd probably have him in the teens if there's no Zach Moss. If there is Zach Moss, then he's in the twenties. So that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's move on to the wide receiver position, you guys, and let's talk about T. Higgins. Look at this game. 12 catches, 194, and two touchdowns. We've talked a little bit about this uh, Bengals-Chiefs game already. So I guess what I want to get into here is, obviously, you're feeling pretty decent about the uh, offenses on both sides of this game. Jake, Mm -hmm. is this sort of a free-for-all? Is this a start-everyone sort of game for you? I I wouldn't start Tyler Boyd. 
That's really what it comes down to is that I was, you know, to go back to the DFS conversation I was having, I was like, I was locking Joe Burrow everywhere. And then because of price point and all this, like everybody knows the name Chase. I was like, I'm probably going to pivot to T. Higgins. The play was both of them and even Tyler yeah. Boyd. And he could have <laughs> just went Boyd, yeah. bananas. <laughs> but Boyd's more left off than not. And the one game that he showed up when they didn't was because they were facing great perimeter corners in the Broncos with Sertain and the rest. So that's where Boyd hit against Kansas City. Again, probably playing Burrow to go back to that conversation. Chase and Higgins are definitely staying in my lineup. And at this mm-hmm. point, how many weeks in a row do we have to say that the second half of the season has been Higgins over Chase? Yeah. But I, Boyd would be the one I'd be hesitant to stay out there with. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be, I, I, I think that's going to be a really, really fantasy forward game uh, between those two teams. And two teams that, you know, still are both going to need. Those wins, obviously different uh, different goals in mind with the wins, but two teams that are going to need that win. Devontae Adams, obviously he had a big game. Let's just uh, really quickly, Funston, I mean, when next year you're sitting down 2022 rankings, uh, if it's status quo and Devontae is still with Aaron Rodgers, is he your number one receiver or is Cooper Cup? Yeah, I mean, that's a good mm. question. Um, if if <laughs> if it's the same in, in L.A. as well, I'm probably going Cooper Cup. I don't know how that that changes there and then I'm just seeing volume upside and you get the pristine conditions of SoFi Stadium versus you know <laughs> and and yeah I'm probably going Cooper Cup but it's it's no nope. no nope. that's, that's all right I'm going Cooper Cup Jake's going Devontae Adams nope oh you're going you're going with nope you're going with your year three Justin oh, Jefferson okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, only because look look let's, uh, jokes aside we'll talk about this during the offseason but uh-huh. it, it's just why receivers just don't repeat? That's what's it's like. That's what I'm going with. I'm banking Devontae on Adams. Devontae Adams has repeated. I mean, he's what, not going like to be the wide receiver one, but well, he's not no, going to no, be the wide as, receiver one. But no, no, that's what I'm saying. As wide receiver one, uh-huh. I'm just I'm playing the odds here. I'm just playing <laughs> yeah. the odds that wide receiver one does not be wide, does not equal wide receiver one the very next year. It's like two or three. So there yeah, you go. I think yeah. if you're drafting wide receiver one, you just really want him to be no more than like no worse than like wide receiver four, you know, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And Cooper cut would be the number one off the board next year. He's going to be, but uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to place my bets <laughs> odds. That's what I'm, I'm playing. The you odds. Really Justin think, Jefferson. Do, you, do you guys really think that like for sure Cooper cup, if, if Adams is still on the same team as Aaron Rodgers? Well, so I was looking it up. Will cup be like yes. at 80%? Look at how far, do you know the the gap is as big as, it was when Kelsey was that giant gap of points per game, and Christian McCaffrey's year. That the gap of Cup over Adams and everybody else is enormous. Yeah, for for the game he's played. Oh, Field, field Yates was the one that. Yeah, Field Yates tweeted yeah. it out. He Cup has more over second place than second place has over tenth. Yeah, that's but, but I was looking it up. It's like the best PPR season by a wide receiver ever. Like that includes the Randy Moss history. twenty-three uh-huh. touchdown year, some Jerry Rice eighteen hundred yard, like yeah, there's some six seasons out there, and Cooper Cups has the best one going right now, so it's hard to, you know, kind of go away from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Adams isn't even second on points per game this year. Yeah, it's Debo Samuel with his rushing because of what he's doing as a runner, <laughs> totally crazy. And hey, Debo Samuel, let's talk about him for a sec here. Nine for one fifty-nine, five carries, thirty-two yards. I mean, where does where's Debo going to be in all this next season? Yeah, the question is, yeah, that, that's that's like we're reading the tea leaves and listening to Shanahan talk about Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah talk yeah. about like, is this role going to continue? Are we? Are, is it is the hybrid Debo a thing that's here to stay, or is he going back? Because he's a lot more interesting in this sort of Cordero Patterson role, even though he was killing it before that even came into fruition. Yeah, 
I mean, you get a little bit of that bonus that, like, even those those thirty yards on the ground is uh, a nice little shot in the arm for uh, for your fantasy production for sure. Let's get back to week seventeen for a second. Three guys in week sixteen. I want to run through here. Let's just ping pong these back and forth. Jake, I'm going to give you Isaiah McKenzie, who had a huge game in week sixteen. Eleven <laughs> catches, twelve targets, one twenty five and a touchdown. We know you you can't count on this week in and week out, of course, from Isaiah McKenzie. No. The twelve targets are going to be uh, an outlier for him, but. Buffalo's offense seems like it's getting a little bit of its juice back. Atlanta matchup. Can you where do you where does where does Isaiah McKenzie play for you, I suppose is the right question to ask here. Well, I have receiver four. I think he'll still be in that conversation of you know what the floor could be. Uh, honestly, the floor isn't even so much the matchup as it is that they just might not need the volume. And that's really what it comes down to. He's essentially mm-hmm. replaced Gabriel Davis, who is out for everybody that doesn't know. He's He and Cole Beasley are both out again because they yep. weren't vaccinated. So they're both yep. definitively out. So Isaiah McKenzie's battling with Emmanuel Sanders, and I would take McKenzie over Sanders just like we were taking Davis over Sanders. Mm-hmm. But it's the Falcons. I mean, this could be the – you can look at it both ways. You can say, well, Josh Allen's the reason they have 28 points. Or it could be two rushing touchdowns, one of them being Josh Allen on the ground, and all of a sudden you just don't need Isaiah McKenzie to get 12 targets. So that's yeah. what it comes down to. So I still think the floor is risky, but I think he's definitively in yeah, but he ran, he ran 51 right, slot. He said bounce it back about. I know. I'm just <laughs> saying I, I think Isaiah McKenzie is <laughs> worth talking about because if Colt Beasley's out, he ran 51 slot snaps, and we've seen Beasley be a compiler when he's in that role. I think he's probably a wide receiver three for me. That's all I want to say. Do you play him above or below Byron Pringle, who had a big game in above. Week 16? But, of course, Travis Kelsey out for the Chiefs in Week 16 should be back in yeah, Week 7. Yeah, and Pringle had the t- – I mean, much aided by the two touchdowns. This was a, you know, it was a touchdown mm-hmm. game. Um, the seven catches, 75 yards is nice, but I expect him to mostly turn back into a pumpkin with Travis Kelsey back in the offense and we get back to what we know about the Chiefs. And how much was Byron Pringle, you know, on our radar when we were just back to normalcy with mm-hmm. the Chiefs? So, yeah, I mean, you might yeah. get lucky if you want to try to follow this, but I, I think it's a big risk and I'd rather play Isaiah McKenzie. All right, let's talk about your guy, Jake, really quick. Amon Ross St. Brown, yet another big game. He's quarterback proof, this guy. He can do it with Tim Boyle. Uh, is I mean, top 20 receiver in Week 17? I think he has to be pushing that conversation and the volume alone, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's. I, I said it. I didn't start him. I wish I did. I had him way too low. I apologize to everybody <laughs> out there. Where I said, look, but this, it came down to Tim Boyle, and it's the same reason. I mean, let's be honest. This could have gone as bad as this is the reason we didn't play Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, and anybody else that Jake Fromm was even at quarterback replacing Mike Glennon because it could be that bad. It was actually worse than Glennon who came back in, and the offense was trash. I, that's what we have seen from. Tim Boyle. So I say all that to say was, yes, I was wrong, but that's where I think it. And yes, I would admit that I would go right back to him. Do I think it's going to be that good if it's still Tim Boyle? But Jared Goff should be back. Goff should and be back, yeah. at this point, Jared Goff is crazy as to say, and we were saying it last week, Jared Goff under center. Montgomery St. Brown was top 25. By the way, I just realized this quarterback 6'9", because Carson Strong, <laughs> there's nobody worth scouting in this game. I can turn this game off. Let's get back to this. <laughs> oh my God. Holy Brock Osweiler, 6'9". I know. Yeah. How, 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 Dan, is, wonder uh, why he looked like a giant compared to everybody Dan else. Dan McGuire, Mark McGuire's brother. He was he was a Seahawk. He was like six foot eight no. as well. Let's just say the six foot eight type quarterbacks. They don't really seem like they end up working out. It's a long release time. Yeah. 
long time for that arm to get back and get rid of a football when you're six foot eight, six foot nine. Uh, let's talk about tight ends really quick. You guys, two guys I want to talk about Dalton Schultz, eight, nine, 82 and a touchdown in week 16, week 17 against Arizona confidence level in him, Jake. Arizona has been Arizona and the Patriots have been two of the toughest and worrisome matchups for tight ends. Of course, Dawson Knox scores yesterday, so everybody's kind of <laughs> like, "Oh, it doesn't matter." But yeah, more often than not, they've been shutting down tight ends this year. So Schultz, look, Schultz got involved because everybody, including an offensive lineman, got involved yesterday. So I don't expect that every given week, similar to Tyler Boyd, more often than not, he's the one left out of recent since everybody's been healthy. Still, it's tight end. I think he's going to be a low-end tight end one, but still, that's yeah. what I've had him at for weeks is a low-end tight end one. Funston, let's go to your neck of the woods and Gerald Everett, yeah. who had a uh, four-catch, 68-yard, one-touchdown <laughs> game in Week 16, and now this matchup with the Lions in Week 17. Is he back in this tight end one class? I think if you want to put him in the back end of the tight end one class, I think that's fair. The matchup's good. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll weeks ago came out and said we need to get – Gerald Everett going we need to get him more involved and you know it hasn't been completely smooth sailing since then but there's you can't kind of notice a decided change in how they you know they've used him and the volume started to get there and he looked great and um yeah I think yes to answer your question he's fair to be in the tight end one class I think this week when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's look at the Week 16 duds and determine whether we think they bounce back in Week 17. We got uh, fewer duds than we do studs, so we should be able to get through this uh, with a pretty good pace. How about Matthew Stafford, you guys, who not only was a Week 16 dud, but has kind of been, even with Cooper Cup doing his Cooper Cup stuff, little hit or miss over the last, I want to say, month, five weeks or so here. Week 16 was ugly. 197 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions. He does get that Week 17 Baltimore matchup that mm. Joe Burrow just took advantage of in Week 16. So, Funston, feeling good about Stafford here? Not – I mean, I'm not just feeling good. I love the matchup, though. It, and, you know, it's it, we're talking about Sonny Michelle might have a hard time running the ball, and that's been the thing. You know, he, Stafford's kind of been disappointing the last couple weeks if you throw in the Seattle game where – underwhelmed with 244 yards yeah. um, and didn't look great. And I think oftentimes he hasn't looked great when he's gotten under pressure a lot. And, you know, Baltimore can, can bring the pressure, but I, you know, I don't expect the Rams to be able to run. Um, and they just, you know, we know about the corners with Baltimore mm -hmm. and how you can pick on them. You have Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup could have a huge game in this one, and I think he'll lean on him an awful lot. So I, I feel good. I'm not gonna I'm not going to slam him into the upper half of the QB1 range, but he is going to yeah. slot in somewhere in the back end. Well, then let's ask the question. Would you start him or Joe Burrow? Oh, hey I now. almost said I am going to put him in the back end in the Joe Burrow <laughs> range. So I don't. That's a great question. I might actually lean ever so slightly Joe Burrow. I am going to. So I'm looking at I'm trying to find it as you're. That's also I was delaying the question <laughs> because I was looking. No, because what you brought up pressure rate. Baltimore Ravens since week 13. And that's about when I estimated when things started falling apart. They're bottom five. The only teams getting fewer pass, a lower passing percentage rate is the Bears, Texans, Broncos, and Falcons. Those are the only teams lower than them, wow. not getting to the quarterback. So Stafford over Burrow, week 17, doing it. 
There you go. Where's Tom Brady for you guys? Obviously, again, Chris Godwin, that's not going to change, but maybe Mike Evans comes back for him in Week 17. He gets this matchup with the Jets. Antonio Brown had a, a big first game back going over 100 yards on 10 catches. Brady, I mean, if you survived Week 16 with Brady in your lineup, I find it hard to believe, Jake, that you wouldn't be trotting him out there in Week 17. Hundred percent, mostly the Mike Evans part. The Mike Evans yeah. is back. I, Tom Brady might probably be over Matt Stafford too. So uh, you just got to keep Tom Brady out there. The past two games, and one of them was against the Saints. And the Saints one is one of the toughest defenses to face. And then they just know they have a blueprint. And that's what is it? One game that he's been able to really go off on them in the entire past couple seasons. So yeah, yeah, I'm still playing Tom Brady, no question. Yeah. I think you got to go ahead and trust him. Uh, Jalen Hurts, how about him, Funston? Uh, you know, it wasn't like the worst game, especially after what they put up three points in the first half. So it ended up being like an okay fantasy game. The two carries for seven yards is what I find interesting. I mean, that has to be an anomaly for him and just the way he plays. He's healthy. Like He should be back to all systems go against Washington next week, shouldn't he? Yeah, and let's just remember that Washington was a team that he almost threw for 300 yards against and ran for two touchdowns against and had his best fantasy day of the season Mm -hmm. against. So, yeah, you go in expecting 40 yards on the ground as a floor just because he's coming off a game in which he had seven. That happens every once in a while. Um, But I think that you got to go back to that mindset that, you know, his floor is safe as a rusher, and he's actually looked pretty good as a passer the last – you know, a few weeks as well. So yeah. matchup's good. You know, there's no reason that you would you would go away from starting him if you've been doing it all year long. Jake Saquon Barkley was someone you considered benching in week <laughs> 16. You probably wish that you did. 15 carries, 32 yards, one catch for negative four yards. Gets the Bears in week 17. Yeah, look at that jersey down there behind you. Is the jersey going to still be out in such a way that you're starting him? No, the jer- I mean, Jersey's there for remembering the good times. I'm trying to remember pre-2021, pre-injury 2020, honestly. Yeah. I'll give you an, I, this is the easy way to answer it. Chris and I made a list. We got 24 running backs in week 17. We would start 24 before we got to Saquon Barkley. That's yeah. almost, what, the entire league. <laughs> there was some split. There was some timeshare back. If Teddy Bridgewater is at quarterback, we would start both Broncos running backs. Yeah, sure. Sure. And how about those Broncos running backs? I mean, we can go to them too. Thunston, Javante Williams, ugly, ugly. Seven carries, 12 yards. Did have a touchdown. Melvin Gordon's game, even worse. And that's not just because he didn't get the touchdown. I mean, both of them had a, an atrocious performance in Week 16 against the Raiders. How do you feel about these guys going into Week 17 against the Chargers? Um, Rex Burkhead. Can I just throw that name out there? I mean... <laughs> That this is no. the Chargers. Um, yeah, I think this is what you call a get right game for a for a rush offense. Is not if Drew Locke is under center. Oh, come on. I would only no, come on. I'm I only mean, starting so, Javante Williams. Look, I like Davis no. Mills as well, but we just saw the Texans and Rex Burkhead don't go care. crazy. I, I yeah, don't I don't care. care. I don't care if it's Drew Locke. <laughs> I, I will be fine with the Denver running backs. So yeah. Not plural. I would. There's no way I'm starting Melvin Gordon if Drew Locke is under center. He destroyed that offense mostly because he throws too damn much too. How can you differentiate all of a sudden? We've been talking all year about how these guys are the same guys. They play the same role. Because and suddenly the, you're throwing. Suddenly you're throwing Melvin they're, Gordon. They're not. Because it comes down to workload, and Javante Williams has moved in front of him for the workload, and they're giving him the goal line carries. Melvin Gordon doesn't show up because he had negative points. Negative. Jake. It's like Javante Williams' day was saved, and I don't want to start Javante Williams as like a lock. That's, are you I'm forgetting? This is like, are you forgetting revenge game? 
I, did you not? Did you not remember? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Melvin, are you forgetting how terrible Drew Locke is for this offense uh, against the Raiders, who everybody in the mm-hmm. world run? That is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Drew Locke, fifteen of twenty, damn two. I don't think that what they even run like forty five plays in that game. Drew Locke is a murder weapon to an <laughs> offense. To his own offense. Uh, so, is, you know what else has been? The lack of Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Uh, Devon, Deontay Foreman, nine carries, 17 yards, and a touchdown. How do you feel about him going into this matchup, Jake, against Miami in Week 17? Uh, I, I feel semi-confident. Yeah, that's an ugly box score without the, the, the touchdown, but he's their lead running back. Uh, I would, you know, Javante Williams, yes, even with Drew, Drew Locke, to go back to that mm-hmm. one. But I think Foreman's in play is what we've probably been ranking him as around the 20s. That's, you know, fringy RB2-3. Uh, Miami's middle of the road and when it comes to running backs facing them, so I'm not that concerned. Uh, the A.J. Brown slash Julio Jones both being back yeah. I think might help him a little bit to get him more a little balance, but that also hurts him at the same time of not getting 25 touches. So, yeah, he's a fringy RB2-3. Funston, we're going back out to Seattle for you for the wide receiver position. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, ugly game against the Bears for both of these guys. At least Metcalf got the touchdown, and he got it early, maybe giving you some hopes of uh, what would be a big game, and then that just did not happen for him. Is all forgotten, all well, and you just throw these guys right back in there against the Lions in Week 17? It's hard not to. I will say that uh, we're probably going to have a snow game again next week. Uh, it's you know it's both the the weather in Seattle, the showing snow like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So yeah, we'll have another potential snow game. And I honestly thought that you know Russell, there were some inaccuracies in that game, and I'm wondering if that finger is affected by the cold a bit. And uh, you know, but I don't know how you, I don't know how you're not strongly considering DK and Tyler in this game given the matchup. I really, I mean, I might have them down a little bit, but probably not out of the range of where you're just ending up throwing them in a flex at worst. Yeah, it feels like you sort of have to do that. Maybe you have to do with Adam Thielen too, Jake. Made his return from the ankle injury, caught three passes for 40 yards, got the three targets, did limp off at one point because of the ankle. But, I mean, if he, if he can play, he's going to play because the Vikings are absolutely have to win both of their two remaining games to make the playoffs, and this one very tough at Green Bay. So if he, if he can go, you know he will be out there. How far down the wide receiver list does he go for you? He is way down the list. This is I would probably play Isaiah McKenzie over him because mostly if anybody make sure you're tuning into inside injuries, follow mm-hmm. their account, follow Virginia Zakis. They tweeted out yesterday morning, and I was watching, and I saw it, and this is actually why I moved Adam Thielen down. Not enough. They said would not trust him in this game. The injury he's coming back from points to a potential early exit, and that's exactly what happened. He came back in again, but as you saw, also threw his helmet a second time as he got hurt again. There, I would have to be in a pretty desperate, I just need to chase ceiling because he could always catch two touchdowns, mm-hmm. but I would be chasing ceiling, definitely not a floor. There's no there's no certainty of a floor. The floor is zero. Floor is lava su- with Adam I Thielen. I wouldn't be surprised if they used him like that, almost like how you see like the the Buccaneers use Gronk, where it's it's you know it's just Jefferson and K.J. Osborne <laughs> in between the 20s, and then they get Thielen in there in the red zone just because of how dangerous he is for them in the red zone. And how much he means to their team once they get in close to the goal line. They, I mean, again, they have to. They, the Vikings are in a situation where they went out and don't make the playoffs still, Ooh. so they absolutely need these games. One loss, I believe, eliminates them because I think because just the tiebreakers and blah blah blah. They can't catch Eagles or 
49ers or whoever it would be. So they got to win this game against Green Bay, and then they get the, the Bears at home in Week 18, which would maybe be a little bit easier of a matchup than Week 17 mm-hmm. against maybe. Green Bay. How about Terry McLaurin? Uh, Funston, three for three for 40 on six targets. It, it's been an ugly year for him. And, like, I, like, I mean, again, it, it feels like the way your team is constructed, if you have Terry McLaurin, maybe boxes you into a corner where you have to play him. But how much confidence could he have in him? And I get yeah, we could throw like Isaiah McKenzie versus Terry McLaurin. Could you go that far down the list? Yes, you could. I mean, look at I mean, we're talking about half a I'm looking at his game log right now. Other than one game where he had hundred yards and a touchdown, he's been no touchdown and under sixty yards in what, seven of his last eight, excluding that one game. I mean, and there was there was hits and misses before that as well in the first half of the season so like yes I mean if you're gonna play Terry McLaurin in your championship game and you get two catches for 40 yards you get what you get and you don't get upset because that's been the that's been the line you'll get nothing you like it yeah exactly (laughs) absolutely I I, I I'll tell you right now I would play if no Cole Beasley I'm playing Isaiah McKenzie over Terry McLaurin we'll also look at who Terry is facing Yeah, Philly. Oh, by the way, two weeks ago, it's two catches, 51 yards against Philly. Yeah, I don't think any of us would be surprised to see a similar performance. Like, where's Terry McLaurin's going to be a fascinating 2022 rank? Because we've seen the good, and we've seen the bad, and we know that this team, uh, like, what what are they going to do at the quarterback position in 2022? Terry McLaurin's going to be an interesting guy. It can't be Taylor Heineke. It can't be Taylor no, Heineke. No, I've got to tell you who it's going to be. They're going to be the ones left looking around, and they're going to be the Jimmy Garoppolo team. <laughs> hey, that would be okay. I'd be I'd be back in on Terry McLaurin if that was the case. That would be, yep. too. That's just you get your floor guy. Yep. You get your, get your floor guy. Uh, Keenan Allen, I want to talk about him, too, you guys. I, again, you're, you're starting Keenan Allen. There's no question about that, but it was an ugly game, really, for a lot of the Chargers in Week 16. How good do you feel about Keenan Allen, Jake, in Week 17 against the Broncos? Actually better, because that's what the Broncos look with Tyler Boyd. I brought that up earlier in the show. The Broncos outside, but fortunately, Keenan Allen dips underneath a lot. That's his game. That's where he's going to do. So, of course, you would assume Broncos try to bring coverage over, maybe certain spend some time on him. But, you know, whether it's Mike Williams or Joshua Palmer, whoever it was, you know, Keenan Allen just doesn't spend that much time outside. So I feel fine about it. There's no way on earth I'm benching Keenan Allen in my championship game. No way. Yeah. No way. I agree with that completely. I think Chase Claypool, however, is a different discussion. Funston against the Browns. We know what that matchup can be like for a lot of receivers. Claypool's been an up-and-down guy all season. Where's he at for you next week? Uh, He's probably ahead of Terry McLaurin, but like down the list. I mean, again, we are here. We are in week 16. We're talking about a guy who has one one touchdown, one 100-yard game. I mean, he's had some decent Mm -hmm. 80, 90-yard games, but a lot of them are 50, 40, and again, one touchdown. And with this Cleveland matchup earlier in the year, four catches, 45 yards, no touchdown. That's what you have to set your expectations for with Chase Claypool. If you play him, sure, you can still imagine that there's more upside, but it's probably less upside than what what, what we're, you know, kind of predisposed to imagine there is with Chase Claypool after what he did his rookie season. Okay, guys, two more Week 16 duds I want to talk about. We've got enough time to hear from both of you on both of these guys. It's one receiver and one tight. And DJ Moore, uh, again, another guy who, like, similar to Terry McLaurin, it's just been an ugly season, and it's partly his fault, I suppose. It's definitely quarterback fault. It's definitely offense fault. You see Jake shaking his head. Five catches for 55 yards in Week 16. Brutal matchup with the Saints in Week 17. Jake, how strongly, how strong is that head shake? Is this, like, a almost no-matter-what situation with DJ Moore? This is, I would 
I would go back to Terry McLaurin because I would just chase the ceiling. This is like this is gross. Be, mostly because, yes, the matchup. Of course, you know, injury, the Saints lose Lattimore and somebody else tonight. Game like that would kind of change a yeah. little bit. But one thing that wouldn't change is Steve Spurrier, Matt Rule is running this team <laughs> and switching the quarterbacks throughout the game. And yeah. not even with like a logical sense is like he goes to Sam Darnold who gets him all the way downfield and then Cam comes in in the goal line and you're like, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. But then it doesn't carry out like that for the rest. Of the- he still was switching back and forth just like when he felt like it. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And to be honest, if you said Sam Darnold was starting week 17, mm-hmm. I would say start DJ Moore because the volume with the beginning of the season was like Sam Darnold targeted him and nobody else. But... Is it if Cam Newton's the starter and this is a split quarterback situation? There's no way I am looking to try to find ways to keep DJ Moore on my and I say keep because I didn't want to start him last week either. <laughs> yeah, I will just say though I'm playing DJ Moore over Terry McLaurin and Chase Claypool because the volume is over still Claypool. Been... I don't I don't think I'd go McLaurin. I would just so chase the, the difference is McLaurin. is that DJ Moore because of the volume he's still getting volume. He's had over ten Eleven targets tar- in weeks. Ten targets yeah. in four straight games. Uh, ten plus targets. So he gets you five for fifty-five, where Terry McLaurin gets you like two for fifty-five. I want. Well, that's the why I said catches. the ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's why I said the ceiling. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm I'm playing I'm playing more over them because I feel like the ceiling is better. Yeah, and more, you're gonna get a few. Oh no! See, I think more is the floor, and McLaurin's the ceiling. That's my opinion. I just well, I I just haven't. The ceiling has been you know. <laughs> McLaurin has not visited the ceiling in a mighty, mighty, mighty I know what you're saying. Time. You're saying McLaurin's <laughs> ceiling is like right here. <laughs> yeah. I have to die. Well, you, I always call we, it like the being John Malkovich, the seventh, seven and a half floor. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, it's yeah. like this, no, I this floor. It's like five oh, foot you high. It. You have to bend over to walk around in it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's like the, the ceiling. with the Christmas movie stuff. I don't have to like, just because I have movie <laughs> takes and ranks, I don't have to see every movie in existence. <laughs> well, that's true. But being John Malkovich is a good movie. Yeah, if a movie's good, we're just giving you a recommendation. Yeah, you might want to check it out. It's a good movie. Okay. I'm not saying I'm okay. not saying go watch it later tonight, but you know. Yeah, but it's like find a one, one to ten. Aren't, aren't you taking some time uh, off finally after the football season ends? What is that? What well, I'm saying, you'll have some time to you know devote no, no, two no, hours I'll, to I'll being scale John one Malkovich. to ten. How 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 much of a watch is it? On a one to Eight. ten. More than four Christmases that Nando's trying to shove down my throat. One hundred percent, yes. I love Four Christmases, but that's you watch it at one time of the year. Like being yeah, John exactly. Malkovich, you can that watch time's it any time of the year. No, but if I haven't seen either, and I will say you. for you, Jake, I would say the last day to watch for you for where in your wheelhouse, I would say it's a six and a half. But for me, I'm more with Beller. It's like a seven and a half to eight. Yeah, yeah. Also, Four Christmases, you, know you got to put on the put a table for like ten and a half months, and then you can watch it. Yeah. Matrix Resurrections. Actually, that was like a five and a half six. Oh, yeah, no good. Yes. Mm, sorry to disappoint. It is. <laughs> I've been. Go, go I, was, tweet. I was looking to carve some time out to watch it this week. Um, I'll say it's at least better than old, which is like a one. Oh my god, that was the most <laughs> miserable, awfully written, acted slash. Oh my god, do not watch that movie, everybody. That's I've M. Night, heard M. Night Shyamalan, where they're oh, uh, yes, the Shyamalan yeah, one where they go yeah, to the beach yeah, and they all yeah, age super yeah, fast. All you yeah, need to yeah. do, go watch Ryan George's pitch meeting. It's eight minutes long. It is better than the entire movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm also because it's only eight minutes. But it's, that's yeah, all you need you to go. go watch it. Trust me, it's the best thing to watch. <laughs> all right, you know uh, Rob Gronkowski is a little bit old, right? And uh, he should have taken advantage. At least we thought maybe he could. No Mike Evans, yeah. obviously. No Chris Godwin. Two targets. One for twenty-three is like, yeah, you know, he's getting. This is sort of a, the Gronkian way these days. But only two targets was really a letdown in Week Sixteen. What do we think in Week Seventeen, Funston for uh, Gronk against the Jets? Yeah, I think with Gronk, it's kind of like he 
is better served to have the Mike Evanses and the guys out there, the, the, you know, and make him less of the target. And so I think, you know, you could be a little bit concerned if it's just what we saw this last week is Antonio Brown and Gronkowski as like the two threats in the passing game. But if you can get Mike mm-hmm. Evans back, I think I'm feeling a lot better about Gronkowski and also have him slotted in my tight end one class. He'd be there even without. I mean, it's yeah, he would be. I mean, he'll he'll be slotted in the upper half of my tight end one class. I should say. Yeah, Yeah. and that's certainly fair. And also, Brady was what only thirty attempts in that game. It was also not the biggest Brady game as we already talked about. Right, right. It's uh, I mean, if Brady and Gronk against the Jets, though, right? There's just even though they're not on the Patriots, something just sounds right about that. (laughs) Something sounds right there. (laughs) That's right. uh, For these two guys going up against the New York Jets in Week 17, that's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to all of you for joining us. uh, Not only on this episode, but this is the last this style of format for our Monday episode for the 2021 season. So thanks to all of you for being with us all season long as we have gone through our week previous wrap-ups and looking ahead to the next week. It's been a lot of fun for us on these Monday episodes, and uh, we couldn't do without you. So thank you to all of you for joining us all season. For Jake and Funston, I am Michael Beller. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. See you.